Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity business, and this is episode number 28. My name is Sarah Karakayan professional organizer, and your host. So we've been rocking this podcast now for a little over a year. We've had marketing professionals, financial experts, productivity specialists who have giant corporations as clients, and professional organizers who have teams and teams of other organizers. We've had some social media gurus, blogging experts, and professional organizers who have been all over the TV and other media outlets. It's been an amazing ride so far. And all of this is amazing, ridiculously inspiring for me, and I know it's been inspiring for you, our listeners, because you've told us so, and we're so grateful for that. But it's our job to keep inspiring you, to keep pushing you outside your comfort zone, and that's why today's show is just a little different. Today, I'm interviewing a newbie, Mary Jo Contello. After working in the corporate world for almost 20 years, MJ decided to leave an entire career behind to start her own business, Organized by MJ. And that story isn't exactly new to this podcast. But what's really cool about MJ is she's still at the beginning. I really want to dissect this interview because MJ is where she is in her journey. She's still figuring it all out. And we want you to know that that's okay. In fact, I want to celebrate that. During this episode, perhaps MJ and I can brainstorm new ideas for her business or hash out something she's working through right here with all of you behind us cheering MJ on. MJ, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited about this episode because... You know, I was where you are, and I'm still kind of finding my way. And I've found that even people who are in business for 10, 15, 20 years, they want to pivot so they feel like their business is brand new. But there's something really special about being one or two years into your business. So I'm so glad you volunteered and you were raising your hand high for us to bring you on the show and, and to kind of talk about your journey. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, I'm will you? Tell us your story. So the journey that got you to where you are today, and you can start, you know, 20, 30 years ago, whatever you need to do to kind of like really give us the whole picture of how you got to starting your own business. So as you said, for more than 20 years, I was in corporate America. I worked in the oil and gas industry and I worked as a community relations. I worked in HR recruiting. I worked in risk management. And after being laid off multiple times, the last time was 2015, there was various downturns in the market. I was laid off and I happened to be at the container store for their launch of the TCS closet system. Yes. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> and I was the winner of the grand prize. I won a TCS closet. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Lucky you. And so during that process, the consultant that was assigned to me was impressed with my organization skills and all the help I provided for friends and family. She offered me a job as an organizer. But I worked for her for about a year and then I went out on my own. So wow. that's kind of how I fell into this industry. <laughs> It kind of asked you to come into it. 
Yes, very much. <laughs> I don't feel like I found it. I feel like it found me. Did you ever think you would start your own business or not go back to the corporate world? Like when that time when you were laid off and you were shopping at container store, I mean, was that ever a thought in your mind? No, I never thought about being my own business owner. So did, did this organizer working for her for that first year, is that what kind of inspired you to go on your own? Yes. It gave me the confidence really to do it on my own. I was doing it on my own. <laughs> I was getting my own clients and she basically was the bank. <laughs> gotcha. She did a lot of the small business hat, wore the small business hats that I wasn't having to wear, which was great. And do you, would, are you glad that you took that leap to open your own business or do you miss the days of not having to wear the small business hat? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I love being my own business owner, but sometimes, yes, it's stressful wearing all those business hats. <laughs> You've got to find your own work. You've got to then make sure you keep that work, keep asking for that work to come back. I mean, am I right? <laughs> yes, you are. It's a lot. It can be very stressful. I will not lie, <laughs> but it's exciting. It is exciting. Let's talk about that relationship with that organizer. What was it like when you informed that person that you wanted to start your own business? Were they supportive? Were they disappointed? They sort of encouraged it because it was really just, it was like a transaction. I did all my own clients and it really was, they paid her and she paid me. Right, right. So I was doing a lot of that all on my own. Right. So how long has it been since you've left her team and been completely on your own? I started my own business in July of 2016. And when, now this is an interesting question, but when do you feel like, so because you, were you able to keep your clients that you found while working for her? Yes. Oh. They were, yes. They were my clients. I mean, most of them, she didn't even know. <laughs> But that's really awesome of her. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I see both sides of that conversation when this happens, but I think that's awesome. So that, I'm assuming that really helped you get that momentum going. Oh, yes. I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't be here today if it wouldn't have been for her. So she gave me a good opportunity and I'm very grateful. And aren't you excited five, 10 years from now to be able to do the same thing for another organizer who's new? Yes. I <laughs> always take the opportunity to help anyone. I, I love that. I have all the, all the answers, but I love to help when I can. So let's dive into now to your, your business since you opened it in July of 2016. So what would you say your current niche is? Residential, and I've always had a passion for a closet organization. Wow. So how does closet organization become its own niche outside of residential or like a sub subcategory that you can really focus on? Is it the design of the storage within the closet? Is it like the capsule wardrobe? Walk us through that. Those would all be future things. But I mean, I jump at the opportunity to help anyone with a closet today for the experience. But that's where I would like to go is to be able to help people design their own closets and Capsule organized capsule clothing would be very hard to get into for me personally, <laughs> but yes, I think those are the those are the things to become a real niche for a closet organizer. And so, are you taking any specific steps towards that being your sole focus in the next, you know, one, three, five years? Or are you kind of just saying yes to everything right now? Still, I'm still saying yes to everything right now. Nice. 
Do you have any guidance? Like, or do you have a business coach right now? Or how do you find that? Are you part of a mastermind group? What, what's helping you wake up in the morning and, and still feel confident? <laughs> So I've used a business coach. I've used Geraldine Thomas for a couple of sessions. Ah, okay. I really felt like this summer I was, uh, I, my example was I was a hamster on this wheel and I was just running and running and running. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I would be standing there with no work or going, what happened? Mm-hmm. So ever since I've started, I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride where I would have work for weeks at a time. And then all of a sudden I would have nothing. Mm-hmm. And so working with Gerilyn, I was hoping to get some consistency and some plans in place because I feel like I jumped into this business and I didn't have a lot of processes. So 2019 is the year of putting processes in place, having a contract for one. So taking some steps back and doing things, I shouldn't say the right way, but in a more regimented way, maybe. (laughs) Absolutely. Consistent way for sure. So Gerilyn Thomas, just for our listeners, if you haven't heard of her, which I would be surprised if you haven't, but she was our first episode for the Napo podcast. And she is kind of like, I would say Napo's superstar. She, she loves Napo. Napo loves her. She was on Hoarders, the TV show, and she's super giving to new organizers, to experienced organizers. And I love that you turn to someone like Gerilyn to help you. Would you say that your work with her was effective, is effective, will be effective? Yes. She also sells, which I think is amazing. I wish I knew about this two years ago, a book that you can purchase, which has all kinds of forms in it mm. from a form to, you know, contract to all kinds of marketing tools. It's a great business starter book. So I've started to work that book taking steps back. (laughs) Do you think you'll have to cut back on client work so that you can make sure you put these systems in place? Or how are you going to balance the whole, we all want to make money and that's why we got to do these work. But but then again, it's kind of like, I felt this way where, but if I put this system in place and I really focus on taking that time, yes, that might mean saying no to some work right now so that I can get, you know, into a groove. What, What is your plan with that? So my plan is that I allocate a morning or an afternoon once a week to actually work my business. Great. I've always said up until this year, oh, I'll do it at night. Oh, I'll do it on the weekend. And it's not getting done. So I'm dedicating four hours during the week to work my business to get these things into place. How do you handle your work calendar since you talked about, you know, did you have a a special calendar that you used? Do you you like pen and paper? Do you like? computer. Tell us what's been working for you. I'm a Google junkie. So I use Google calendar and I put everything on my calendar. So if I'm supposed to be there and it's not on my calendar, I don't remember it. So everything (laughs) is on the calendar from making a stop at the container store to my client session. So, and I feel people, a lot of people call that calendar blocking where you kind of schedule every hour in your day. I think it's a good practice to know what's happening ahead of you. And even when you can go back to, so that if you have, it helps with, it helps me with invoicing or just knowing who I worked with when, and that's, that's kind of what you're saying that you you do and it's been working for you. 
So what I always try to do is when I get back in my car from a client is pull up my calendar and adjust the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I allocated less time than I actually spent at the client, but that way I always know what I worked. So when I get back home, I can bill. Absolutely. And that's simple. And Google calendars is free. Yes. Very so. <laughs> And it'll send you a reminder. Right. Just those reminders. Yes. Do you mind telling us what your current family structure is like? Because I know a lot of those of us who used to work nine to five jobs, like most of the world does, your, your schedule is like the rest of the world. But now as a business owner, we sometimes have to work earlier than nine and later than five and on weekends and all that kind of stuff. So how has it affected your current family and friend structure and, and do you like it? So I'm single. And so I've had the philosophy until this year. Oh, yes, I can work. Sure. Yes, I can work whatever time, whatever hours. That's been way. But I've realized last year that I missed out on a lot of things with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so this year I'm going, I'm trying to set some schedule structure as well for my own sanity. (laughs) And what does that look like? Can you share that with us? So in the ideal world, I want to work two four-hour sessions a day with clients. That's perfect for me. Awesome. And that's how many days a week? So that would be four days a week. And one day I would just do a four-hour session because I'm going to allocate the other four to my business. So five work days a week, one four-hour session of working on your business. Right. And if I get, I really feel like most people on on the weekends are a big move project. And so I will work weekends when needed. Right. Right. Or if I have a client that just can only do weekends. So now, so you just had a big move project. So you help clients move as well? Yes, ma'am, I do. That's amazing. I enjoy that. It's it's really hard to want to do a niche because I enjoy so much. And I think that's okay as long as you feel like you've got your stuff together and that your clients feel taken care of, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So how have you, you know, so moving a a family or, you know, someone who lives in a residential space, I think that falls under, you know, residential organizing. Did the, the organizer you worked for, did that person help you figure out a good move structure or did you build this on your own? I built this on my own. I was, very, I was very fortunate and help, started out helping another organizer on a job. And she really didn't have the time for the family. And after doing about 60 hours of purging a really big house here in Houston and in joking, I said, you know, I can come to Boston and help you. And they took me up on it. <sighs> and I did. I helped them move from Houston to Boston. Wait a minute. Let's dive into this a little bit. Because I think a lot of new organizers are going to say that that sounds like fun, but that's also incredibly scary. So did anything go wrong? So I'm very honest. It was a corporate move. So there was a lot of coordination done that I didn't have to be involved in. The biggest thing was the second truck didn't show up as scheduled and no one seemed to quite know where it was. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So it took a month for them to get that. It was the last load. It didn't fit on the big 18-wheeler, and it was sort of just out there and never, never land for a while. But it finally showed up. It was like a month later. You wonder how that happens. How do you lose an entire truck? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so basically they were waiting to fill a big 18 wheeler here with uh, the rest of that load is what ended. We know that now. At right. the time, no, we we're like you, how do you lose this load? <laughs> right. So did you then go to Boston and help them unload and unpack? Yes. So I did. At that point, I knew all of their stuff. We had taken measurements for a designer and everything. So it was easy. I stood, I was the one at the door with the movers and telling them where everything belonged. My goodness. Did you have to go back again once their second load came? No, but the, so when they, they had to move into the house and the kitchen was still under renovation. So I, I went back when the kitchen was finished so that I could set the kitchen up. My goodness. How fun. And for that to happen in your first you know, year of, of being in business and you it conquered was. it. <laughs> it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that opportunity without the NAPO organizer. So, so, very- okay. Talk about that. So whenever we have a guest come on the show, we kind of get a little bit of background information on them. And I noticed that you are very involved in the NAPO in Houston. So how did you find out about NAPO? How did you figure out that it would help you or that you would like it? And what was it like going in there as a newbie with all these, I'm sure, other people who have been going to the meetings for years, all those fears. Tell us how you handled them. So a dear friend of mine had used Ellen DeLapp, and she remembered that she belonged to an organization. She reached out to Ellen, and she connected us. Nice. So my very first NAPO Houston meeting was a really big meeting. Ellen Faye was here speaking. So there were people here from Houston, Austin, and all kinds of areas. And everyone was so welcoming, helpful. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, Ellen was waiting for me at the door, so I never felt alone. I didn't feel like I walked into a crowd of, you know, strangers. And I joined NAPO instantly after that. And I feel like that was the best decision I've ever made. (laughs) I love that. How long have you been a member now? So I started my business in July and I was, I became a member in like September. Wow. And so how can you get specific? How has it helped you other than Ellen kind of taking you under her wing and welcome you into that first meeting? Have you gotten job referrals from fellow organizers or what other specific ways has it helped you? So in December at our NAPO Houston Christmas event, I made the comment that I was willing to work for any organizer. And I got a call right away from another organizer and she does totally different style of work. And after that, working for her that time, I asked her to meet for coffee so that I could pick her brain and learn why she did things the way she did them. Mm-hmm. And I use that information to incorporate right, stuff into my own business. And after that, I've worked for a lot of different organizers in Houston. I never turned down the opportunity to work for another organizer. It's fun to work with someone else too. I don't care how successful your business is. I think collaborating is just yes. so much fun. I've worked for another organizer quite a bit this past summer. I'm very fortunate to have worked with her and I think we work really well together. And I think exactly what you say, we enjoy working with someone else. A lot of my clients are not present. I just go in and do the work. And so it's really nice to have someone to collaborate with and being an entrepreneur can be super lonely. And I think that's one thing that I, I wasn't prepared for. I, you know, and, and I don't think you have to be an extrovert to enjoy having people there to bounce ideas off of or to learn from on a daily basis. But I am an extrovert. So it being lonely, <laughs> it, it's been 
I think is the toughest thing for me. So it's really lovely when you kind of join something like NAPO. And for any listeners, you, maybe you don't know exactly what NAPO is, but it's a National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And it's, in my experience, has been very welcoming. And MJ, you kind of enforce that. And sometimes jobs are so big. Where do you turn when you need helping hands with someone who you know believes in continuing education and surrounding themselves with other people who believe what you believe? And wouldn't you say Napo Houston is that resource for you? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, we have a Facebook site just for Napo members and people post whenever they have a big job and they need help. Right. So it's a great way to work with other people. It's a great way to gain experience. And I think if your client has a question that maybe you haven't come across this question yet in your in your journey, you can go to that Facebook group or to point on napo.net and ask that question. You have how many organizers at your fingertips who probably have gone through that situation. So you're also providing your client with extra value being connected to these other professionals. Yes. I mean, that is, that is very true. I've, I've posted questions or I've contacted organizers for questions and just questions about your own business as well from the business side of it. Right. Other than your business coach and NAPO, is there anything else that you've tapped into to help you grow your business? Not really grow my business, but simplify my business. I, after first year just of creating a spreadsheet and tracking all my expenses and not wanting to pull my hair out anymore, I decided to get QuickBooks Uh and I pulled it up. I had my sister who's been in banking all her life here and we were going to set my QuickBooks up and that, then we both wanted to pull all our hair out. And I said, there's a lady that's part of our NAPO Houston organization. She has a bookkeeping business too. So my sister was like, I will pay for it if Ah. you hear her. (laughs) So I reached out to her and I had her help me set up my QuickBooks. So it's properly set up and it has definitely simplified my life. So I've used that resource and that's another NAPO connection actually. And then interestingly, last year's conference was about if one of the messages that I left with was pay someone to do what you can't do. Mm-hmm for your business. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I just did that. That's so amazing. I'm ahead of the game for once. Absolutely. That's really the only other thing I've probably done. Anything you look forward to being able to do once you feel like you have more systems in place and clients are kind of coming at you freely? Any other outsourcing you look forward to doing? Social media. (laughs) Ah, So let's talk about social media. I think that it tends to be this daunting task for a lot of business owners. So what's your relationship with it? So prior to 2019, I have not been very consistent. I will go in spurts and I will do stuff. And I've created posts that I never even actually get out there and put on the sites. (laughs) That's really bad. The worst is after working with Gerilyn, I agreed I was going on a trip to work for another client out of town. And I said, when I come back, I'm going to have the, this was in October. I was going to have the rest of the year social media calendar done. I wrote it all out, but I never, ever created one post that I put on that calendar. So 2019, I'm working on it so far. I've done my at least two posts a week. So I feel like I'm staying consistent. I think you really have to be consistent with social media. 
You do. So social media is kind of my jam. Ah. I really love that it's a way for me to kind of have this audience that sometimes I'm afraid to ask to be there for me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you know, like when you go to, let's talk about this too real quick. Let's, let's, let's marry these two conversations. But when you go to a networking event like conference or something, are you the type of person who can go up to anyone and just start a conversation easily? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there are no strangers in my world. See, that for me is very hard. And so for social media, it's kind of like I get to say, here's what I get to say from the safety of my own office or my own home or, you know, so, and, and there's potentially hundreds of people who can, who can tap into your world and, and learn from you, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> so what do you hope to accomplish with your social media strategy this year? hopefully generate some business. So that this leads to me to, I've used the NAPO new or, or it's, I think it's a NAPO tracking system that's in the new organizer kit mm-hmm. since the beginning. And most of my clients are all from referrals. Great. I think I only have a couple of clients that actually came from social media. So I feel like that's a whole area I haven't tapped into. I love that. I love that you recognize that even though most of your clients are from referrals and only a few are from social media, it might be because you haven't put your heart into actually building out your social media, right? Yes. Because I, um, so I moved to a new town last year and I left everything behind. And as a small business owner, you really count on, right? The word of mouth, the referrals, people knowing you, but quickly focusing my social media on geotagging my new town. 80% of our business came from Instagram last year. So I do believe in the power of, of, of social media and people are on their phones all the time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, that's, that's encouraging. And that's reinforcing that I've got to work on my social media. Yes, especially, so at the time of us talking, the Netflix show is out, the Marie Kondo tidying up. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it. I've read the first book. Okay, so- you know, and this is a whole other conversation, but regardless of anyone's opinions or thoughts on it, everyone on my personal Facebook page or on Instagram or whatever, I'm, I am also a big fan of Instagram story watching. I like watch it like a TV, but everyone's talking about it and doing it. So people are talking about organizing right now on social media. So do you have any ideas on how you can kind of jump into that conversation and generate some business for yourself? I'm trying to post one of the things, everything from go month, I'm trying to share that NAPO's, that NAPO's posting. And I've tried to do some of my own because I think it's a great opportunity. I think Marie Kondo has definitely sparked the organizing world. And if you walk in the container store, you can see that that is not a joke. There's empty shelves everywhere from people just buying up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think it's great for our industry as well. I do too. Okay, so we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to hear a great message from Napo, but when we come back, I've got some more questions for MJ and her journey in her first year or two of being a professional organizer. So we'll be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer Napo University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. And don't forget about the NAPO Annual Conference being held April 3rd through the 7th in Fort Worth, Texas, featuring pre-conference workshops, over 30 concurrent sessions, 
president's reception and keynote speakers, Michelle Prince, and New York Times bestselling author of The Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin. More information can be found online at napo.net. All right, we are back. I've got MJ here, who is a bright, shiny, new professional organizer going into the jungle of owning her own business. And so far, we've talked about her journey here, how she's leveraged business coaches and her professional organization, NAPO. And now we've just kind of talked about social media and how she still wants to leverage it better this year. And she said, it's really important to be consistent. And I agree 100%. So are you focusing, MJ, on one social media platform? Do you, are you in the mindset that you want to conquer all of them? What, what are your thoughts there? So the company I've hired to help design my website. So take a couple steps back. I created my own website initially because that's what I could afford. Mm. And now I've saved my pennies and I'm hiring a company and their philosophy is you build your website for Google, everything about Google. So they really want me to get out on YouTube. Because they think that is a great place to venture. I have no YouTube stuff yet, but my focus has been Facebook and Instagram because I actually know how to work those two. Yeah. So the future Mary Jo may be on YouTube. I but for now Facebook and Instagram. That is really solid advice. And it's no secret that Google is king and <laughs> that YouTube is the second search engine out there that people are most mostly on finding, you know, how to's and, and whatnot. So that's awesome. How do you feel about being in front of a camera? I don't know. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> we'll see. I'm surviving the, this podcast right now. So maybe yeah. all I need is a camera, right? That's right. No, you're rocking it out. So that's great. So let's talk about you DIYing your own website. What what platform did you use to do that? And was it hard? Did you have any technical skills prior to that? I had no technical skills whatsoever. And I used Wix. I did reach out to some friends that were in a marketing role in a previous job. And they suggested I use Wix because they thought it was the most user-friendly for someone without the skills. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it was pretty easy. Great. And what's your reasoning for wanting to get a company to do it? Just was Wix just not robust enough for what you feel like your clients need or or what you need? All of that. And I, interestingly, had never put the word Houston on my website anywhere. So I wasn't even coming up in SEO. (laughs) We learn, right? We learn as we go. (laughs) We take for granted, right? Why why do we think we need to write Houston in our website. So yes, I just really did not have the SEO stuff set up in that website. And so I needed the more robust system. (laughs) I love that. So when will your website be done? Hopefully in the next 30 days. Fun. That'll be great. And do you have any plans to, so I've, you know, heard through many marketing people that it's good to change up your website frequently. It kind of gets the Google spiders like all over your your website and it kind of celebrates you for changing up your website and keeping it fresh. So are will you be blogging? Will you be vlogging with YouTube? Will you be doing I don't know. What what is your plan for that? So I've agreed to one blog a month. Okay. <laughs> That's a start and they, they were happy to hear the one a month. 
That's great. And will that be part of your four hours that one day a week? Yes. Oh my gosh, girl, get ready. (laughs) But you know, and I, I blog once a week and it's very hard, but I will say what's helped me is have in my phone a notebook where I can always jot down blog ideas because usually my clients give me my ideas. What questions do you get all the time or what project are you working on currently? So do you have, have you started ideas yet? Brainstorming on blog topics? I thought I would start with my love, the closet. There you <laughs> go. As far as I've gotten, but I did start it. I carry a spiral notebook that I kind of write my to-dos and stuff in. And I started at the back with a list of ideas that I might have for blogs. So yes, that's a good one though, to think about questions that you get from clients a lot. Oh yeah. They'll sometimes write your titles for you because often it's those, it's your clients who are Googling the questions that you hope your blog posts answer. So there are other techniques for coming up with titles, but often it's just the language that people who aren't organizers speak, right? Because sometimes we have a whole other different language because it's our industry, but we want to attract those who it's not their industry so that they'll find that we're giving value and they'll hire us. So it's been helpful for me. Yay. Well, thanks. See, I learned something today. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too. You know, I am by no means a, a coach or, or anything, but you know, I think there's value in just sitting down, getting a cup of coffee with fellow organizers or fellow business owners for that matter. They don't even have to be organizers and kind of having this mini mastermind where you share ideas and you give suggestions. And have you done that outside of going to your NAPO meetings and speaking to your business coach? Do you try to mastermind with other business owners in your area or would that be something that you think would be helpful? Not necessarily in my area. I've done it with uh, friends that I know. I have some friends, a couple of friends that own some events companies. I have a friend that owns a plumbing business, an air conditioning business. So I've kind of reached out to people I knew and talked about that. I love that. And what kind of questions or what do you guys talk about just in general marketing, getting clients, what they do, or how are they valuable the same way that people who are in your own industry are valuable? A lot of it is more about marketing today. In the beginning, it was a lot of other questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how, how do you keep track of this? Do you have a bank account? Do you have a credit card? How do you do this? All those little things that I ask. Now, most of my stuff is all about marketing. I love I that. Feel like got a little, I have a little bit of control of the accounting of my business now. Mm-hmm. And I feel those listeners out there who maybe haven't started their own business yet and they feel like they don't know other organizers yet or the organizers they've heard of, they might feel like that person is out of reach to maybe start with people you know. And there's no, I, I just feel it's probably impossible. You don't know one business owner or someone who works high up in a, in a, in a business where they understand how the business operates and they can kind of reach out to those people to get those questions answered, right? Yes. I mean, I de- if you know an interior decorator, designer, someone like that, they definitely have a lot of the same characteristics of our business where right. you know they may be buying product for clients. Right. They do a lot. <laughs> right. Okay. So dream with me, MJ here on air. What is your business plan, your one, three and five year vision? If you could dream as big as you could, what does organized by MJ look like in a year, three years and five years? In a year, I have my clients sign a contract. I bill them immediately and I have a checklist that they all go through. Nice. In three years, 
I am being paid to speak at speaking engagements. And so adding a, a category, I guess, or, or a means of revenue. Sure. And have my social media up and rocking like no tomorrow. <laughs> I'm making the first page of the Google search and five years potentially having a team of two or three people working with me. I love that. So you, you see yourself as having employees in five years. Yes. That is a great vision to hold on to. And I feel like having these one, three and five year visions really help you make those baby decisions as you go along. It kind of creates that, it lays those bricks, right? Towards that one year and then that three year and then that five year. And along all of that, I really enjoy helping people move. And if it's out of state, I'm even more excited. (laughs) It's fun to help people move. I And I love the unpacking process, which some people think is really strange, but I know that you don't and our listeners yeah. probably don't. <laughs> well, because you have a clean slate and nothing already has its own home. So it's the perfect opportunity to help people get stuff set up in the right place from the beginning. Absolutely. And I, I feel like it's that they walk into it and they, I don't know about you, but my clients always seem to, seem to take a deep breath and they walk in and then smile immediately after they release that air. And I think that for me is kind of my why, that how awesome that we can help people feel like that when they walk in their own home. Yes. I've joked with a client and said, you know, you could just go on vacation the day before the movers are scheduled to be here and come back and I'll have your house all set up. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's so fun. So that's great. Okay. So I have one more little thing I would love to see if you'd be interested in in doing with me here on the air is what is something we haven't talked about. So maybe or it could be something that we talked about, but let's let's have some coffee right now and let's hash out a business problem you're you're maybe facing right now or challenge that you have yet to overcome or 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 truly figure out. What is something that you and I can talk through right now and maybe give you some more clarity? Oh, well, we have kind of talked about it. It's really my social media. It's, okay. it's the that's really my big hiccup is that social media. And I get and I think some of it is the whole writing part, come, overcoming the writing. Okay. So actually, this is good because had you said like financials or something like that, I'd be like, <laughs> great, I'll help you, but it's not my strong suit. But social media, I love it. So you're talking about the caption that goes along with your photo? Yes. Or just, you know, I have a lot of clients that because I don't have a contract, I don't always think to ask if it's okay to take pictures or I forget to take a before picture and I remember an after. So I feel like I don't always have content. Yeah. Content. That's yeah. The photos, the content for what I want to post about. Do you live in an organized home? Yes. (laughs) Could you mix up your cabinets, take a before picture, and then put them back to where you had it and then take an after picture? Yes. There you go. Could you, you know, I've even gone so I'll say low as to put cardboard boxes in in a bedroom with the bed unmade and then have an after picture with the bed made and the box is gone and there's my moving before and after. We can help you move. So if you maybe, once you get, you know, the rhythm of asking clients, because that is a very touchy thing. We're in their homes and uh, some of them actually aren't too, a lot of them feel vulnerable and not, some of them are embarrassed, right? So we can use our own homes then for a lot of that content. A lot of big bloggers, they do that. They'll take the same picture of their home or the same 
pictures of their same room at different angles even. So I think you can use your own space and maybe take a client problem, create it in your home and then just fix it. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Right. And then, okay, let's talk about the writing aspect of it. What kind of challenges, just like you don't know what to say or, or what? I feel like I have writer's block, which almost makes me feel like that's why if I could get beyond the camera part of YouTube, I would be better at speaking because I I love talking about it. Well, and that's the thing too, like you could write until you get your YouTube figured out. And if you're already on Instagram and Facebook, you don't have to post pictures and then write, you know, you could just put yourself practice, putting yourself in front of camera for Instagram and Facebook now because videos on those platforms do better than pictures do anyway. Okay. You know, another good tip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my last tip for you that I've actually just learned from other amazing social media people is when you write something underneath your video or your picture to either ask an engaging question, not like, how's your day? Because no one likes to really answer that question because the answer you get it, it was great. Right. If anyone has kids, like it was good. Okay, cool. But like, they'll answer a question like, do you prefer, you know, double tap if you've got nothing but wire hangers in your closet, like, you know, and then maybe discuss the benefits of having nicer hangers. And then you can even talk about which hangers you prefer. So you're providing value for those people out there looking for some, for some tips for the closets. So create engagement. Yeah. And really think about those questions that you ask and have them come at the beginning of your, of your caption. So either a call to action, like double tap this picture or a question that people will actually have fun answering. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I look forward to following you on Instagram this year. What's your Instagram handle? It's organized by MJ. Everything is organized by MJ. Lucky girl. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So I do ask every single guest to leave our listeners with two sticky notes that they can write down, put in their office wall, put in their car, whatever, that will kind of help them in their business this week. So what are two tips that you may have learned in the past, maybe from your business coach or from just life experience that you would like to share with our listeners? So the first one would be, unless you have a scheduling conflict, don't say no to helping another organizer on a job. Love it. I realize that, you know, you may make less money than your normal rate, but some money is always better than no money. And you may do some work that you may not have done before. And it may be something you don't typically want to do. Like, I'm not going to work for hoarders. That's not my niche. But I have done some subcontract work for hoarders. And I feel like I left with a lot of knowledge. And you also get to work with other organizers. So you always get to pick your brains while you're working with them. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you have one more tip for us? Yeah. So the other one is don't be so hard on yourself. Sometimes at the end of a project, we feel like we don't get the reaction from clients that we think or we think we should get, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's just their personality. And then if you really do think you did something wrong or that you could have done better, just take it as a lesson learned and move forward. Don't be so hard on yourself. MJ, you speak like a woman who's been in business for 15, 20 years. <laughs> Thank you. I don't feel like it. You, well, you know what though? Like, I don't know that we'll ever feel like we've all got our stuff together. I don't, you know, it's just, I think it's the beauty of, of running your own ship. So I think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. 
All right, listeners. So that was today's episode. What can you do today this week to make a change in your business for the better? Or if you don't have a business yet, could you be like MJ and take that leap and just figure it out as you go and be determined to make the next day better than the day before? My takeaways, I love the not being so hard on yourself. Every day, you know, as I don't know if that's part of being a professional organizer or someone who's very productive when I'm not, I'm incredibly hard on myself and that does me no good. So I know for sure I want to start with that today and just remind myself to that I need to take care of myself first before I can take care of others. And that's kind of why we're in this business, isn't it? So I'm Sarah Karakayan, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thank you for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with even a nugget of inspiration or something valuable, leave us a review, let us know, and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us a review, please feel free to share this and every episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more. Mm -hmm.